Tired of hearing the same thing over and over again? Frustrated with the social, political, and professional landscape of your community? If so, you're in the right place. We can tackle any issue or conversation if we approach life with the reasonable person standard. And now, Dr. Bob. What's the reasonable person standard, you ask? According to the dictionary, a reasonable person will look at life through the lenses of fair, moderate, not excessive, nor extreme, and typically that of sound judgment. Are you that person? Hey, welcome everybody. This is Dr. Bob. Thanks for joining me. Today's topic has the potential to be polarizing. Equity versus equality. If you listened to my podcast before, you'll know that my goal is not necessarily to take sides. Rather, I want to try to shed some light on both sides of the equation. Now, for those of you who have been living under a rock for the past six months, I'm here to tell you that there's been some significant discussions surrounding the world of equity. More than that, there seems to be a rising conversation amidst the social unrest in our country that often uses equity and equality synonymously. That's just wrong. Given that misnomer, I felt it necessary to provide some reasonable thoughts regarding the differences between equity and equality and try to provide some ways to use both in our ever-changing landscape. According to the University of North Carolina's Project Ready curriculum, equality means that everyone gets the same treatment, the same chances, and the same resources. When we focus on equality, the ultimate goal is fairness. Now, in contrast, equity means that everyone gets what they need to succeed. When we focus on equity, the ultimate goal is justice or to ensure the outcome is the same for everyone. The reasonable person will not view these terms as one and the same. Some of you may have seen a cartoon-like drawing done by Agnes McGuire from the Interaction Institute for Social Change, where three people are depicted standing outside of a fence of a baseball game. The first person is rather tall, the second of medium height, and the third, well, let's just say they're vertically challenged. Now, in an attempt to depict equality, they're all given one wooden box of the same size to stand on in order to prop themselves high enough over the fence to view the game. Now, even though the first person is tall, they get a box anyways, which allowed them to see way over the fence, certainly high enough to have an unobstructed view. The second was given that same box, which propped them up just enough so they could see over the fence to see the game. Now, the third person was also given the same box, but because he was so short, it still wasn't tall enough to prop him high enough to see over the fence. So in this scenario, even though they all had the same resources, the end result was guaranteed to be different. This is due to the inherent differences they came to the table with. Let's just face it, God has created us all differently, and the reasonable person would embrace these differences instead of trying to exploit them. Now in McGuire's second drawing, there's an attempt to depict equity. In this case, the first person wasn't given a box because they were able to see over the fence due to their tall stature and didn't require any assistance. The second person was given one box, which enabled him to see just over the fence. Same result as in the first drawing. And the third person was given two boxes, which basically put him at the same height as the other two. All three were now able to see the game unobstructed. Same amount of resources expended as in the first scenario, just distributed differently, which ultimately led to an equitable or just outcome. Most reasonable people don't have a problem with basic redistribution of resources in order to benefit their greater good, but there are limits to how far people are willing to go. We'll save the redistribution of wealth discussion for a later time. 
Instead of viewing this as polarizing and feeling as though you must choose one side over the other, let's consider another option not depicted in those drawings. I would suggest that instead of handing out boxes, which inevitably leads to the fairness conversation, why don't we just remove the fence altogether? That way everyone can see the game without the need of any assistance. The reasonable person would likely give this the thumbs up on this as it requires no extra resources and doesn't put anyone or any organization in a position to take sides or potentially be seen as playing favorites. When people or organizations are perceived as taking one side over another, someone or some group of people will feel wronged and are alienated, which will lead to tension and unhealthy conflict. What if organizations and people would just focus on removing obstacles and barriers for everyone instead of trying to navigate the slippery slopes of deciding who gets a bump or a bonus or some sort of leg up? Reasonable people must understand that when organizations implement equity-based action steps, they inherently create an environment of inequality. Now, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm simply pointing out basic logic. Both can't be true. If steps are taken to level the playing field, per se, the end result is that one person or group of people will have different resources than other, and by definition, that's inequality. As a professional educator, this topic hits home to me because most of my education training told me to differentiate instruction, which is just a fancy way of saying give people what they need to be successful. Meet people where they are and understand their needs and provide relevant resources for them. Is that unfair that everyone won't get that same level of attention? Yes, that's inequality. But the argument I've heard is that why should someone be upset about not getting something they actually don't need? Now you see where our society goes down these roller coasters and can't seem to get on level ground. According to the Department of Education, in 2018, $15.4 billion was budgeted for Title I grants to local educational agencies to ensure all students graduate from high school prepared for college and careers. $120 $120 million in grants to launch Stronger Together, which is a voluntary program to fund new and existing community-driven strategies to increase socioeconomic diversity in America's schools. These are equity-based initiatives designed to level the playing field before the game even begins. Pedro Noguera, who's the executive director of the Metropolitan Center for Urban Education, discussed the term equity as it relates to outcomes. In the context of education, the term equity has come to mean the need to focus more directly, not simply on equal opportunity, that is making sure the kids have access to schools and the opportunity theoretically to learn, but really focusing on outcomes and results. And the analogy I often make is uh, most parents practice equity with their kids. That is, we don't treat all kids the same because they have different needs. And when in schools that, that are really focused on equity, they're trying to meet the different needs of kids and do so in ways with a focus on outcomes. Uh, schools are set up to be the, the equalizer of opportunity. That was the mandate early on, was that we would use education to promote merit, to promote talent. And so theoretically, you'd want to make sure that all kids, regardless of background, got similar educational opportunities. I love the terminology he used for schools being the equalizers of opportunity. Now let's look at higher education after the game starts. One has to ask, once a student gets accepted into college, why should it be up to the college to ensure all students have differentiated resources to achieve the same result? If they were accepted, it likely means they have the propensity to succeed, meaning the playing field is now level because everyone who enters the college that year had reached a minimum threshold of academic achievement, or at least demonstrated an ability to achieve success. 
Is it not enough to provide the same robust resources for everyone and expect great results? Beyond that, there are so many variables that impact student performance. How can we really define causation of poor performance? Could it be that the institution has some barriers in place that would prohibit some students from success? Absolutely, it's possible, and those things should be addressed immediately. But it's also possible that some students simply lack work ethic, discipline, or the aptitude which all can contribute to poor performance. Instead of quickly jumping to a deficit mindset of the institution or the individual, the reasonable person would look at both. So here's the business argument, very similar to the education discussion. Once someone gets hired, we'll call him James. And let's say for the sake of the discussion that the organization provides the same great resources and opportunities for everyone. Isn't that enough? Most people would say no, primarily due to the fact that not everyone had the same opportunities with education and experiences growing up, at least from a rigor standpoint. But from a business perspective, is it really the business's responsibility to level the playing field? If it is, where does it end? Let's say James worked at a place where they implemented equity-based practices to ensure similar outcomes and performance for all, and as a result, James was now considered just as competitive as anyone else. Now, let's think back to that drawing. While the second scenario provided an equitable approach, it made everyone the same. No one was exceptional, and no one was marginal, all just average. Let that resonate. All right, back to James. When he leaves that job and goes on to the next organization, is the playing field now level because James had the benefit of some equity-based initiatives that attempted to make up for the past? If so, is James no longer eligible to take advantage of equity-based actions since he is now just as competitive as his counterparts? How would you track that? If not, is the next organization now responsible to level the playing field for him? And then on to the next organization, and the next, and the next, and so on? How do you track that? I suggest that we start leveling the playing field before the game begins instead of waiting until the players take the field. Look at track and field for an example. When there's a running race, they all start at the same time, they basically have the same shoes, and they all run on the same type of track. That's equality. They also provide equity before the race begins by staggering the starting positions based on the lane assignments. Notice that once the race begins, no equity adjustments are made because the playing field was leveled before the start of the race. The reasonable person will understand that not everyone had the same opportunities and resources growing up through their life experiences. The reasonable person will also understand that that is not necessarily the fault of the other person or organization. Reasonable people and organizations will provide meaningful, relevant, robust, and yes, different at times resources for everyone. What this means, though, is that if you're good with benefiting from an equity-based action or initiative, you must also be good with a different resource benefiting somebody else. That demonstrates equity and equality. That, my friends, is how reasonable people would approach this. But remember, at the end of the day, no matter who you talk to, no matter what you talk about, always treat people with dignity and respect. Well, that's our time for today. Thanks for joining us here at the Reasonable Person Standard. Our music was performed by Kevin McLeod, and this podcast series is produced by Jam Studios. Thank you for joining today's conversation with Dr. Bob. Be sure to check out what he'll tackle next at www.bobhabib.net. And remember, you can tackle any issue or conversation if you approach life with the Reasonable Person Standard.
me next time as we discuss internal and external motivations.